And now, Manufacturing Matters with your host, Cliff Waldman. Good day, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of Manufacturing Matters. I'm your host, Cliff Waldman, for this weekly show on Manufacturing Talk Radio, where we talk about all things manufacturing. We think about the headlines, the economic, the political headlines. They matter a great deal to U.S. manufacturing performance. But in this complex, very interesting, very dynamic day, we have to go deeper than that. Manufacturing is changing rapidly and dramatically. And the key here is new. New science, new technology, new markets, new economic thinking, and we are here to help our listening audience understand how these things contribute to a new day in U.S. manufacturing. I promise you, and I'm keeping my promise, that our guests are the best in their fields. We have top economists, knowledgeable scientists, prolific authors, people who have been around the world and understand manufacturing on a global scale, top policy thinkers in Washington, D.C. Today, we are going to continue what has been a regular habit of ours in looking at the key issues of the day, the key dramatic structural cyclical changes, but we're looking at them on an industry level. In the past, we've covered autos. We've covered plastics. Today, we're going to look at the very interesting, very innovative manufacturing space. And for that, I have one of Washington's most respected thinkers uh, and a great understander of electrical manufacturing. Don Levins is the National Electrical Manufacturing Association's vice president and chief economist. He holds a doctorate in economics from George Mason University and received a master's in economics from Virginia Tech, as well as a bachelor's degree in economics from the University of Virginia. At NEMA, he he heads an in-house consulting operation known as NEMA Business Information Services, which provides econometric modeling, macroeconomic forecasting, market research, economic analysis, and industry data collection services to a wide range of businesses, including many of the world's largest companies. He is well-regarded. The Wall Street Journal has acknowledged NEMA slash BIS as as consistently among the most accurate forecasters on its panel of nationally recognized economic forecasters. He's unsurprisingly, he's a frequent speaker at industry and company events where he focuses on the economic outlook and business trends. As if that were not enough, he oversees NEMA's information technology systems and NEMA's intelligence website, which provides member companies with actionable industry information, analysis, and trends on a daily basis. Don serves as an observer on the board of the Industry Data Exchange Association, with the interesting acronym of IDEA, which operates an industry data warehouse and EDAI services for the electrical industry. Prior to joining NEMA, Don served as Director of Tax Policy Research for the National Association of Realtors 
and director of federal budget policy at the US the powerful US Chamber of Commerce. He has held academic appointments at George Mason University and Virginia Tech. He has written articles on public choice and public finance economics that have appeared in academic journals and he's also contributed articles to several books. In addition, he is well-respected in Richmond, having served as a member of the Virginia Governor's Advisory Board of Economists. Don, welcome to the show. Thank you, Cliff, for inviting me here. I'm excited to participate today. Let's, we want to take a good look at this very interesting electrical manufacturing space, very innovative space. I'm going to start with the question that I always start with when asking about a specific industry subsector. We want to get a sense of cyclical positioning. Overall, the, you know, we all know that the U.S. manufacturing sector has struggled to recover from the Great Recession. Manufacturing growth picked up modestly in 2017 and 2018, but remarkably, manufacturing output still remains below the pre-recession, the December 2007 peak. Let me ask, what is the recovery and growth situation in the electrical manufacturing space? Well, the electrical manufacturing industry has also not matched the production level prior to the recession, which itself was short of the peak in 2001. Um, a key factor for us is, was the oil bust um, from 2014 to 2016. The electrical industry fell into recession during this stretch. Um, this, we're not directly um, involved in the oil production per se, but we were um, one of our key drivers was electrical construction, and there was tremendous um, infrastructure buildup uh, to support the, the oil industry, uh, both in um, hotels, restaurants, railroads, uh, highways, um, all kinds of things that um, required electrical infrastructure. Um, and in addition, we've also suffered from import penetration um, primarily from um, Asian markets. Well, let, let's get away from what has been a difficult past, really a difficult immediate past for manufacturing. Let's, let's look to the future. Let me, let me ask you to sort of postulate, in the years to come, let's say the decade to come, do you see elect, the electrical manufacturing space as being a growth catalyst for the overall manufacturing sector or more of a follower? Which, which one would you expect? The electrical industry is a diverse one with many different sectors, um, but some of our sectors are clearly uh, leading um, and providing the foundation for uh, Industry 4.0. Um, in particular, um, we're at the forefront of energy efficiency, energy storage, smart grid technology, electrification, automation, and to some extent, digitalization as well. Investment in these new technologies is supporting rapid growth of data centers and cloud computing, as well as renewable energy. These are um, what I think will be uh, contributors to market growth and, and manufacturing in general going forward. We also represent the medical technology manufacturers 
um, and particularly the advanced imaging uh, manufacturers, advanced medical imaging, and um, the, they are changing uh, the way we uh, have healthcare uh, today, uh, reducing costs, improving uh, service, uh, and healthcare for all. Well, let me, you you in a way jump to my next question, but that's hardly surprising, and that, that of course if is asking about innovation in electrical manufacturing. So uh, I I wanted to ask, what is the current status of product innovation in your industry industry subsector? Uh, And is the new product cycle accelerating? So I'm going to guess from your answer to the second question that I asked is that it's it's a strong time for both for product innovation and for the new product cycle in both the medical side of your work and the electrical side of your work is that is that a reasonable inference from your remarks yes it is and i i, I agree it's a um, I, I ventured into that in the prior question but the the transformation of the electrical industry has come from an, uh, an analog standalone component, components um, to digitized uh, connected systems. I mean, that's the lead story here um, over the last three decades. Um, and some sectors, such as lighting, are further down this road than others. Uh, the innovation cycle in lighting is so fast, in fact, that the industry standards development is struggling to keep up in an environment of complex federal and state regulatory requirements related to energy efficiency and color rendering, for example. Uh, we can't, these products are, the, the shelf life is like three or four months <laughs> in terms of how yeah. many new products they're, they're putting out. Um, so it's very, very tough to keep up. Um, All right. So, so I well, would agree that the new product cycle is accelerating. Let's, let's now jump to process technologies. Process innovation is certainly a very big story, a, a constant story in, in U.S. manufacturing. Um, where are we on the, the process innovation curve in electrical manufacturing? Are, are, the, are the way that we make is the, is the way that we make things in electrical equipment in the medical side of your, of, of your thinking, of your work, is that changing dramatically? Oh, that's that's a that's a complex question for our industry. I think it's important to recognize that uh, the electrical manufacturing NEMA itself represents manufacturers in more than 50 sectors of the electrical industry, um, and some of these sectors produce basic electrical construction infrastructure products like outlet outlet plates, electrical outlet plates, conduit, wire and cable. And the process improvement in these sectors through lean, you know, has primarily been through lean manufacturing, factory automation techniques, data analytics, additive manufacturing. Um, these are all things that are helping to reduce costs and improve output. Um, some sectors like lighting, power equipment, and automation have developed global supply chains in addition to modern mm. manufacturing processes. And these are um, have been very helpful in a, but Maybe coming back to haunt them in the current uh, tariff uh, situation. Uh, you know, I, I had Sean Dubervac on uh, for our last episode, and what we talked about is it, it's interesting that you brought global supply chains in, into the picture because part of what we talked about is that these supply chains and the, the inter-industry connections within a domestic manufacturing sector within the U.S. 
and global supply chains kind of um, accelerate the impact of innovation. So to the extent that, for example, additive manufacturing is, is going to play a role in some of the areas, that, of the diverse areas that NEMA um, concerns itself with, those global supply chains are going to magnify the impact, aren't they? Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you touched on a really key point in terms of uh, spreading out production around the world allows for uh, interaction with many um, research bases uh, for, for getting maximum improvement around the world. It's a great, great process as opposed to, to being insular and, and trying to develop and produce in just one location. Um, in addition, we have a, a, several of our sectors produce um, really custom-made, very large products like transformers and switchgear that are half the size of a building, and we have medical systems that are, are virtually custom-made that don't lend themselves so much to the automation uh, that the other sectors uh, do. And finally, All right, the, the majority of our manufacturers uh, really prioritize the importance of the ISO certification. Um, mm -hmm. It's important for them to be uh, really at the latest stage of the ISO standards uh, for, for uh, manufacturing. May, our, our listeners may not fully know. Can you explain those ISO standards? They're um, from the Institute of Standards um, Organization, and they have uh, really a, a checklist of best practices, um, some of which are, are quite tough for, for um, peak efficient operation of manufacturing. Um, some of them uh, are mundane uh, about how um, uh, to get into the whole, the way things are put together, um, the process itself. Others are are safety oriented. Others are environmentally oriented. Um, but they're state of the art process um, processes that uh, you, our, our manufacturers struggle to receive certification for these, um, and and they don't struggle. This is something that's important to them, and they include it in their marketing mm -hmm. material. Okay, very, very good. I'm just thinking that that may those kinds of things may be fodder for um, a future episode. Uh, they uh, something I may want to spotlight, and um, you know, in the coming um, the coming weeks, coming months. Let's for the moment, uh, let's get to to market structure because we are constantly hearing about M and A activity, at, you know, in, in very large manufacturing sectors. And my question is this. At, at, at a time of what is generally, certainly in manufacturing as a whole, uh, a time of rapid process and even product disruption and innovation and disruption, I think we should expect to see some interesting new players in the market. Yet in many industries, in increasing concentration, economic concentration is a concern. Let me ask you specifically. Um, and I know you have many, many. You have a, 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 an interesting diversity of sectors at NEBA, but let, let's focus on electrical manufacturing. Is market concentration in electrical manufacturing prohibitive of healthy market disrupting in, uh, entrepreneurship? Are, are there very high um, folks? Economists refer to barriers to entry. As, as a way of saying how easy is, is it for an, an entrepreneur to enter the market. So I'm going to ask you, Don, are there 
very high barriers to entry in electrical manufacturing. Well, b- before I go down that path, I just want to be clear that, that market concentration is really a relative concept. And right. um, when, when you get into this, uh, many of our electrical manufacturers are, are major global companies that are facing stiff global competition, particularly from rapidly growing Asian-based companies. So this concept that they may be big domestically doesn't mean that they're, they're not facing competition um, globally. Um, and I agree. I think that uh, in the electrical, um, as well as the medical, and I know you only want to talk about electrical, but uh, they face um, regulatory safety um, and standards. Uh, and so, it's um, in, in order to pr- produce energy efficient products, um, you have to meet certain standards, and that's costly for manufacturers. So that raises the bar in terms of who not just anyone can produce uh, an electric uh, lamp with what we call a light bulb in our industry um, that function that, that renders color correctly and, and uh, is a, it's not a safety hazard. Um, so there are um, standards, uh, industry standards for producing safe electrical equipment um, do raise the bar uh, for this industry. Um, mm. But but you know, in addition, the um, you know, well, we've seen consolidation, and that's something over the last two decades. Um, we've seen quite a bit of consolidation. Uh, more recently, it's been the reverse in terms of the large conglomerates are breaking up, um, in part because of public, the public companies are facing investor pressure. But um, new technology, also such as LED lighting, has completely disrupted the lighting manufacturing sector that really changed not at all over 100 years uh, and suddenly is, is, is breaking up into to bits and pieces uh, um, where, where the companies are spinning off and specializing in, in various facets of the new LED, LED technology. Um, and, and, a, a fund, and also a fundamental change for the electrical industry is the growing revenue share that's tied to services as opposed to products. I mean, we used to be just selling products, but now you know, we have equipment that we can monitor the um, wear and tear on motors and turbines, and we and we can our, our manufacturers can alert customers that you know maintenance is required. And these are services that, that we were never able to, to provide before. So I think this 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 whole industry is evolving and um, and I would would not say that its um, concentration has prevented this healthy evolution. Yeah. Okay. Very good. Interesting. Yeah, some some of my guests have talked, at least alluded to, and certainly Sean Dubravac have alluded to um, datafication as being a as data is becoming you know uh, the most important new commodity in these. And exactly. I, I think we're going to you know we're going to actually that, that's. That's fodder for an entire show. It's a fodder for a few shows, but it's something that I'm starting to realize that I have to have a you know a one or two datafication episodes here. Uh, let's turn to the workforce because that is a, an enduring problem. Enduring, well, not enduring problem, an enduring concern. Again, for U.S. manufacturing, one that is is constantly talked about every day, every week. You hear about this quote-unquote skills gap in manufacturing. So I'm going to ask you, and again, I, I know you have many, many industry sectors there. I'd love to have a separate concentration about medical because obviously healthcare is such a, a dynamic problem. But sticking just with electrical for a second, can you give us a picture of the electrical manufacturing workforce 
is this primarily an educated labor force? Would you say would you say that there's a human capital deficit in electrical manufacturing, as is spoken of uh, in the you know in the broad manufacturing picture? Well, I would say that that the labor market is changing, uh, both for general manufacturing and also uh, for electrical manufacturing. As factory automation has infiltrated uh, plants, labor force skill requirements have changed significantly. I think you're pretty much aware of that. Um, But initially, the labor was trained uh, simply to operate labor-saving equipment. They operated uh, machines and, and some automation equipment. Uh, but now a growing need is for individuals who can program equipment and robots on the fly and who can evaluate processes and recommend improvements to increase efficiency in, in an immediate uh, sense. So the industry is in some sense less labor intensive in terms of the sheer number of people required, but more dependent on highly skilled labor. And in all of the surveys we've conducted over the last several years, the number one thing we hear from manufacturers is they're having great difficulty finding skilled labor that's able to handle these functions. Mm. So so one of the things they're having to do is um, do another layer of programming on uh, equipment that makes it easier for people to program. (laughs) You're doing some of the the work in advance because it's hard to find the the skills uh, to do the the raw programming required. I had Bob Lehrman, the, uh, the the noted labor economist, on some time ago, and we were talking about apprenticeship programs in in manufacturing. And it, it sounds like apprenticeship programs, if if properly structured, could be very valuable in in the sectors that that Nemo looks like uh, looks at. I would agree, and we have one of our strategic initiatives is, is labor force, and that's one of the things we've been working with our members, uh, both in, in developing curriculum for and in um, for training and, and helping them to find partners for doing this type of apprenticeship that you're talking about. So it's it's key on our our manufacturers' um, list of things that they need to accomplish. Let me put out. A final question, and that has to do with demographics. As I often tell people, demographics used to be an academic discussion. Now, now it's very, very dynamic. Demographic shifts are happening with rapidity around the world. Uh, you have, you know, the, an aging population in the advanced world, and even in some parts of the emerging world, and that, of course is causing a, a, a slowdown in the growth trajectory of the labor force. So let me ask you, are demographic shifts a key issue for the long term? And again, let's focus on electrical manufacturing for a second. Are demographic shifts a key issue for the long-term profitability and stability of electrical manufacturing? Uh, what I'm really asking specifically is, on balance, what will an aging, what will aging urbanizing populations due to demand in the electrical manufacturing industry space? Well, clearly demographics matter. Um, for, for our industry, construction is a major driver. Um, and an aging population uh, will lead to increased demand for hospitals and long-term care facilities. That's a plus in terms of the demand for electrical products. And at the same time, we have a dwindling growth rate of younger population cohorts. Uh, They're not growing as fast. 
and they're also changing their demand in terms of housing um, in, in a way that we haven't seen in the post-war uh, period. Um, and so our you know, demand is having to, and supply is having to adjust to this change in demand. And, and also the, the technology is changing the need for commercial and office space. So we don't need the big boxes and we don't need the offices to some extent that people are able to telecommute. Um, so that's also changing. But uh, to counter that, you mentioned urbanization, urbanization and electrification. Um, these will be very strong positive forces for the industry, um, particularly as we migrate from internal combustion engine automobiles to electric uh, motors. Uh, demand for electricity is going to increase, and as we um, drive derive more of our energy from um, renewable sources, um, this is going to require. You know, most of the renewables resources are not right next door, so it, you, know, you have to get the wind where the wind blows and sun where where the sun shines, and then you have to transport that energy and you have to be able to store it. And, and we're right right there in the middle of that. So it's a mixed picture here. I think this is a very um, adaptable industry that's able to thrive in in many different um, conditions um, here. I think the one aspect from labor force growth is um, it will demand that we're going to depend more on robots and automation and artificial intelligence than, than ever before. Don Levins, you gave us your time. You gave us your expertise, and in doing so, you have provided some interesting disruptions to our thinking on this show, and we're going to act on them in future episodes. Folks, you can see that the you know the, the the times have changed. The swirl of change is complex and is dramatic. And when we have guests like Dr. Levins on, we learn a great deal more, and we learn what we have to talk about into the future. And we will. Until the next episode, though, this is Cliff Walden reminding you that manufacturing matters. And we'll see you next time. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.